You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. The podium's a little further back because this week we're starting mosh pits. We're bringing them back. They're coming back. That's all I'm saying. Come on, look at you guys. I can tell some of you guys are like, this is for real. Are you kidding me? I want to do this. So I don't know. Maybe we will at some point. It's all right. If you get hurt, we can just heal you right there, right? Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm excited. I am super, super excited about this morning. Um, a number of years ago, I got to meet this individual and knew immediately it was the kind of person that I liked, but we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time together. I think that's true a lot with pastors. I mean, we like each other, but we don't get to spend a lot of time together. And uh, about almost a year ago now, um, we started hanging out together on a regular basis, and I quickly fell in love with the brother from another mother. Um, Someone who understands finished work of the cross, someone who understands the grace message, somebody who understands the joy of the Lord and the church should be a normal thing, Um, that the gospel is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing to share with people, and and I'm discovering that there's a little bit of an evangelist in this person, too, and I'm really, really loving that. So as we do here at Acts 2, because at this point, they become a part of this church here at this point, I want us to stand and give a wonderful blessing and warm welcome to Mr. Javen Van Kam. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. Okay. All right. So first off, all right, got to get a couple things out of the way. All right. Thank you. First off, to every one of you guys, the family of this church, the ones who adopted us and let us come be a part. Thank you guys. I don't know if you remember what it was like when you first came here or first came to a church or whatever. I I hadn't left a church in a long time, so I hadn't visited a church in forever even. And all of a sudden, like, we came here, we found ourselves here, and I tell you what, it's real. Like, you guys are real. Did you know that? I don't know if you know that. You don't look like you know it. Like, you're real. (laughs) Like, people just love here. And that's exactly what a family should feel like. So thank you. Thank you to all of you guys for adopting us, bringing us in. We do feel home here. We do feel like it's family. Um, And then next, I really want to thank these two up here. Do you all love these two up here in the front? I'm telling you. I am telling you. Like, I I can't say enough for the two of you. And Andrew, for just the way that you you met with me and were there for me. And I, I can't thank this man enough. He saved me, honestly. God used him to save me. And uh, that's been confirmed about 100 times. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Javen. Uh, I am a, I'm an evangelist. I'm a teacher. I'm somebody who just can't help but talk about how good God is, okay? And I have figured out in this season that that's who I am. Uh, you, you, ever, you ever have people project on you things like, oh, man, you're so good at that. And you're like, I'm not really that good at that. Like anybody else, is that just me? Okay. Like, I've had things projected on me my whole life, okay? And suddenly in this season, I got an opportunity to sit with God and go, forget what everybody else says. Lord, what do you say? Who am I? And I've done that before, and honestly, he shared incredible things with me, which I'll I'll tell you in a minute, but but this time was different. It was new. Man, this is for someone today. God's got something new for you. (laughs) He's got something new, and you don't even see it coming, because I didn't see it coming. (laughs) It's so good. God, we come to you. Oh, man. 
Lord, this is all different. I've done this a thousand times with you, and this is all different. Oh, I feel it, Lord. God, I pray today that this would be a fountain of your gospel. I pray many would hear how good you are and that we would shake off any mindsets that are not of you, any lies we've believed, anything that we've taken in and accepted as a part of our identity. I pray today it would be broken. And I pray we would truly see ourselves in your hands, the way that you dance with us and hold us and love us. God, you love us so much. Let us see that real today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I might cry a lot. That's what I do. Um, But today, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Andrew was talking about that orphan spirit. You remember that? Talking about just these these different places we can find ourselves in our minds. Uh, Look, this this can actually, I think, be branched over like a lot of different things. Like maybe you feel like you've been victimized. Like you're like, I'm a victim. You know, it's it's not too far off from the orphan thing of feeling it's all it's all all the background of all of it's the same. And it's a lack of understanding of who we are. And look, don't beat yourself up because I've been there like 10 times last year alone. Like there's just so many times that you take on things, you accept things, you believe things about yourself and and you find yourself in the weirdest places when you wake up. (laughs) When you wake up, you go, how have I been here for so long? Let me give you an example. When I was in sixth grade, I got a sixth grader right here on the front row. When I was her age, which by the way, she's going to the same middle school I went to, so she's gonna turn out just fine. But anyway, uh, yeah, I remember being in sixth grade. Somewhere around there, somebody first started telling me about legacy. You ever heard like someone tell you, like, preach a whole thing on, you got to leave a legacy. You got to leave a legacy. You got to leave a legacy. And you should, by the way. Leave a good legacy. Like, don't leave a bad legacy. But that's really inferior, okay, to the identity we have in Christ. And yet, we so many times find ourselves over here going, yeah, but what mark am I leaving on the world? And, and, and what thing am I doing for God? And what, what, all these things that have to do with this idea that God, I hope that whatever I do persists beyond myself, right? And if we're all honest, everybody feels this way. Maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a dad, and you have a legacy in your mind of, of okay, I wanna, I wanna be a good parent. I wanna, and that's good, we should, we should love our kids. But I hope to show you that those things can really get us lost if you don't understand your identity and who you are. And even as much as in this past year, I really felt I knew my identity and I knew who, was, who I was, I found myself going, I think I was a little consumed with all of the other things and I didn't even see it. So I don't know if you find yourself saying, I feel a certain way other than a child of God, but I hope when you leave today that what you sense, oh, I hope what you sense is that you're not just a child of God, but that is something that cannot change. And it is something that will absolutely guide you, lead you. Oh, it's going to pave a way for you just by your name alone, just because of whose name you carry. Things move. That, that verse that Gabby was sharing this morning, that was so true. He makes rivers appear in deserts. Anybody in a desert? You don't have to raise your hand, but we all been there, right? The 2020s by themselves is a pretty Sahara-like environment, right? And yet he makes rivers appear. I've seen this, and maybe I'll share a story too, but I've seen this over and over again. All right, but to get us, but to get us there, I gotta ask you to hang with me for a few more minutes. Do not leave after I say what I'm about to say because it's gonna be super depressing. Are you ready to be depressed? <laughs> Who comes to church for this? Okay, all right. Now listen, if you've heard me say some of this before, don't be cheating. Okay, so who here can raise their hand and tell me who are the three people who flew to the moon? I'll give you a hint. Buzz Lightyear's one of them. No, wait, Buzz Aldrin, right? Come on. They flew to the moon, gang. This is a big deal. 
Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Michael Collins. Michael Collins. This guy flew a space shuttle. We don't even know his name. Like literally in this room, we're like, oh, that's true. Space shuttle, that's cool. Michael. He flew a space shuttle to the moon. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? I've not done anything like flying a space shuttle. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay, and so if there was anybody who you thought their legacy would last a little bit longer than just like a generation, it'd be Michael Collins who flew a spacecraft into space to the moon. Just think about that for a second. And not too long, we already forgot about him. You're going to be forgotten. And this, is, this may sound super depressing. Don't let it be. It's going to get good. You're going to be forgotten. Your loved ones are going to remember you for like five minutes, you know. And then you're just a picture on the shelf. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember Javen. <laughs> and then before long, I'm in a garbage pile, and no one even remembers who I am. All right, let's pray. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what. Legacy does not come close to identity. Whatever you think you're leaving behind is going to be forgotten. I hope it's good, because then at least it was good, but it will be forgotten. Um, a year ago, I found myself on a bit of a journey, uh, a journey that I should have actually seen coming. Uh, six months prior to my life changing and us leaving the church we were at, God even told me, he said, what if you preached like this was your last six months here, you know? You'd think that was a pretty good heads up, you know? I was like, yeah, God, good motivation. I'm gonna preach really hard, you know, or whatever. God's like, no, man, I'm trying to give you a heads up. Uh, and then I had, I had a prophetic word from somebody else who came to me and said, God's moving you. He's taking you north. And I'm like, what? Like, you'd think all the pieces would coalesce and I would see what God was doing. And yet, we can all be on these journeys, right? So I don't know about you, but what I've learned this past year is this, is that we meet people at all different stages of a journey. But every single one of y'all I know is on a journey because I've now seen it crystal clear. And we meet people all the time in good places, and we can meet people in bad places. And if you saw me last year, as some of y'all did, right, that wasn't one of the best parts of my life, okay? This wasn't one of my good chapters. And honestly, I, I had to wrestle with this idea of legacy a lot. And I sat there going, man, I had built my life, I thought, with the Lord to leave a legacy that looked a certain way. And then when everything gets taken from you and, and out from under you, you find yourself going, well, what is my legacy now? I've been fired from almost every job I've ever had, just so you know. So if I ever get hired anywhere, just count. I, it's okay. I know I'm going to get fired. Um, it's fine. It's who I am. It's just a part of it at this point. Um, <laughs> but what I saw last year was, Lord, all the things that I want to do for you and show people, and do, it, none of this actually matters the way I thought it did. All I really want to focus on is who I am in you and let you do what you want to do. Can I tell you, it's a whole lot stressful to do your life, a lot less stressful to do your life that way. And so I do believe that we have to repent. We have to metanoia. We have to change the way we think and how we think and what we think about and what we use to think. <laughs> we have to do all of that. You were given a mind of Christ. You were given his mind to be able to see what I'm about to show you. You can see this, and you, your legacy is going to completely shift and completely change based on even just this. Ephesians chapter 1, one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation, verse 3 through 6. It should be up on the screen. Thanks to these guys back here. Um, Every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a loved gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. Okay, let me ask, how many blessings? Every, what is a spiritual blessing? It's got quiet. Good stuff, right? We can start there. <laughs> Every good thing comes from him. So we know it's good, and we know it comes not through the way that man does it. And that's really important. It's really important, because legacy has everything to do with how we do things on earth, generally. Like, how do I do this thing to get the thing? He says, no, I'm just going to give it to you. Every spiritual gift lavished upon you. Why? Because he sees you wrapped up in Christ. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself wrapped up in Christ? We should, because this is a part of who we are. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. And in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Let me ask you, if you feel disqualified, when did you make your mistake? Before or after the beginning of the universe? <laughs> Because according to this, he fell in love with you all the way back there. And it ain't love if it just fades away, right? If it just goes away. We know our God. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Do you know that's how he sees you? He doesn't see you after that thing you did yesterday or a mistake you made at the time you yelled at your kid or anything like that. He looks at you and he says, you are holy with an unstained innocence. Now listen, this is key to our identity, this holiness thing. And I'm gonna talk about it. It's one of my favorite words. This holiness thing is massive. Keep reading though. For it was always in his perfect plan to do what? Adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify what? His grace. For the same love he has for Jesus, he has for us. If I, I asked that question one time, and I don't do it anymore because people shout things out, uh, and, and I said, does God love Jesus more than you? And somebody said, yeah. You know, I, mean, I think they just were trying to be encouraging. <laughs> no. <laughs> he loves you exactly the way he loves himself. Hmm. The same love he has for Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. At one time, it, here's, a, here's a three, the, the three things we're going to blend together. Identity, adoption, and holiness. Because these three things, you can't split them up. You can't separate them. They're all intertwined into one thing called union with God. And this is something I'm convinced we as believers don't know we have fully. Like we understand it in theory and all that kind of stuff. But when you start stepping out and going, can I really just reach out and touch God? Like, yes, like you can. Maybe not physically like this. Although don't rule that out either. Uh, story, for another, story for another time. But, um, but these are the three elements. I one time preached on holiness and maybe you feel this way. And I told people, you are as holy as you're ever gonna be. You're never gonna get more holy. And, you know, if you're up here, you get to see all the faces. And there was this gentleman, I remember he was kind of like, hmm, I think Javen forgot some of the Bible, you know. And so I was standing by the front door, and he shook my hand, and he said, thanks, preacher, that was great, or whatever. I probably won't be back, though. I'm like, this is a wide range of emotions you're giving me right now. And, uh, and he, he said, 
And he said, uh, it's just the thing is, you're saying that we're holy, but I sin. I see sin in my life. I see this, these errors, these mistakes, these things. I, I just can't believe that. Maybe you found yourself there. Maybe if you're listening, you have found yourself in a place where you, you think you see things. <laughs> Let's just start there. You don't see what you think you see, okay? We see things on the external, and God looks on the inside and goes, oh, I don't care about the external stuff. I see the heart. I see the person that I loved before the foundation of the universe, and I love you. Quick aside, do you know what kind of love God is? Do you want, like, I know it's agape, and we know some of this stuff, but listen, this is the part that blows me away about agape love. It is a love that goes to the need based on the need, not on the person giving it. That means God, okay, all right, here you go. I'm, I'm new to this. This is my first day. Give me a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to preach at a youth group one time, okay? I love youth. Youth ministry is the best. Don't ever leave it. And, uh, and I remember, uh, you, get drive, you get to drive vans and stuff. Um, I, I remember going to preach and this guy gets up there before me. He's a friend of mine. He goes, hey, I'm gonna pray for you before you go on up. I'm like, thanks, man, you know? And he gets up there and he walks up to the stage and he goes, uh, well, Lord, I know that we're just a bunch of no good sinners and uh, I don't know how in the world you even love us. I'm like, way to warm the crowd up. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, we're not. Nothing he prayed was even right. And so... I sat there thinking to myself, I was like, well, this is going to be fun, but, his, <laughs> but this idea is so wrong. Um, hmm. My son even here recently, he goes, Dad, you make mistakes? <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I make mistakes too. We all make mistakes, but look at what this word holy means. It just simply means sacred, set apart by God. All right, this... Young one in the front row, I'm going to embarrass. She's mine. This is my daughter, and I love her so much. She is holy to me. She is set apart, sacred to me. It doesn't matter if down the road she changes her mind about me, if she says, well, Dad, I actually don't like you. You're never going to do this, right? It's on record now. Okay. Uh, if she changed her mind about me and said, I'm getting a new last name, I'm changing my life, I don't want anything to do with you, did you know that she's still mine? <laughs> Did you know my blood still runs through her veins? And she will always be mine. She will always be holy and set apart. And what we make the mistake sometimes is that when all of us go through seasons where we kind of go for a journey, we go for a walk, and that's not always God's doing. It's just we decided to go walk off. We think somehow we have become something different. You didn't change. <laughs> the blood that's running through your veins is still running through your veins. And here's one of the most cool, if you want a cool story to see this like played out in such a beautiful way, I really love the story of the lost sheep. When Jesus tells this parable and he goes, look, really what I believe he should have said, I'm gonna correct Jesus if I would. And I, say, I think what he should have said was, this is holiness. Okay, like, let me show you what holiness looks like. Now he's better at that and I'm gonna trust him. But this is the picture. Let me read this to you. Now all the tax collectors, it won't be on the screen, but just try to imagine this. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near Jesus to listen to him. All the tax collectors were their, only, were their own category. They, didn't even, they weren't even good enough to be sinners, you know? All the tax collectors and the sinners who were somehow better than them were coming near Jesus to listen. 
And both the Pharisees and the scribes begin to complain, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. And so he tells this parable. This is what Jesus responds to. He could have slapped them. That would have been nice. But instead he says this. That's not nice. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the other 99 in the open pasture and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Let me ask you a question. Whose sheep is it? Well, in this story, it'd be Jesus, right? I mean, he's telling the story. It's, he's talking about himself. If one of your sheep, one of your people, we so often think this is like an unsaved person, like wandering through the world, like God found me. And yeah, he does. That's awesome. But he's talking about his own sheep. He's talking about somebody who's lost. I've been lost before. I don't know if you've been lost. And even though I'm found in him and all of that, your thinking sometimes can get a little fuzzy and can get a little lost. And that's what this little sheep did. I mean, he had it good. <laughs> you up in Jesus's pen, man. Like, I don't know what they got in there, you know, but it's got to be the best. And for some reason, this sheep just was like, I'm going to go wander over here and got lost. So I love this. And when he's found it, he, <laughs> he wait, wait, no, let me back up. What man among you, if that happened, wouldn't you leave all of the rest of them until you find it? And after he found it, he puts it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me. I have found my sheep that was lost. I tell you in the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. He's not saying, we, we categorize sinners in a way that I don't think is accurate. It just simply means that you missed it, okay? Anybody missed it before? Like, all of us. Like, I'll miss it this afternoon, I'm sure. Like, we just miss it sometimes. And I love that the answer is not that the little sheep got on its knees and said, Jesus, I'm lost. I need you. No. That sheep belonged to him, and he went looking for it because it belonged to him. You don't have a whole lot to offer. You don't have a whole lot to give as far as like, God, I got all, you don't, you get lost. That's what you have to get, you have to offer. And he comes and he finds you and he saves you. And he'll do it over and over again because you're his. <laughs> you are his. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as adopted? Do you see yourself this way? Um, I, I had a friend when I was young who got, he was adopted. And I remember coming into that, concept for the very first time when I was a kid and I he said oh I'm adopted and I was sitting there going man you look so much like your dad and so much like you know and he's like well all right let's clear this up I'm adopted and I remember sitting there going oh and there was a shift and I had to try to understand this and I said that's really cool right like your parents loved you so much they brought you into their faith like that's awesome like adoption is a really beautiful thing but can I tell you that this adoption that we're talking about is not that kind of adoption I know we hear that word adoption, and so we assume, like, God looked at you, and he was like, oh, poor person, like, come over and be a part of me, or whatever. That's not how that worked. No, this word, when you break it down and you look at it, this word adoption means to be reborn. It means to start over again. We just read it in Scripture. It means to have a whole new birth. It's exactly what he told the Pharisees, everybody. you got to be born again. You aren't adopted by coming in with all of your baggage and all of your old life and all of your stuff and God's just gonna slowly dust it off or whatever. No, he goes ahead and just joins you with him on the cross. He goes, come on up here and die because now you're gonna get reborn. You're gonna be adopted by rebirth into a family where his blood is running through your veins and you are now holy as he is holy. How do you see yourself? That's not a judgment. It's a good check. 
how am I viewing me? How am I viewing God, who, what you've done in my life and, and what you've placed in me? Am I viewing it through an idea of legacy and like, what am I doing to make it out there and show the world, blah, 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 whatever? Everyone's gonna forget that. <laughs> God, how am I instead sitting with you as a child of God, allowing you to do something that I couldn't even think of? I, um, I love this verse. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we're gonna be like him because we will see him just as he is. The crazy part is, is that you and I actually look like him now. <laughs> we just can't see it very well. And he sees it very well because we are his. And he knows you. When I first got saved, uh, I, actually, I was, I was five at a table with my mom, and I'll never forget, she goes, do you wanna ask Jesus to come into your heart? And I said, yeah, sounds awesome. Like, I don't know. I'm like, does he really go in there? You know, how does this work? And, uh, and so I just said, she goes, just ask him in your heart. I said, okay, you no, know, Jesus come into my heart. And I kid you not, I felt him come into me. It was like, I jumped. And my mom was like, what? I said, I felt him come into me. Like I asked and he did. Like it was, that was cool. <laughs> like what else can he do, you know? And um, at 19, this happened again. The little sheep had gone off and Jesus had to go chase him down again. And he found me. And when he found me, I had a lot of other identities. I had a lot of other things that I wanted to leave my mark on the world. I was gonna be this rock star. It was gonna be awesome. I was gonna go on these tours and blah, blah, blah. And God's like, that would destroy you. <laughs> and so I lost that. I lost my band. I lost my music. I lost my, what I thought was a career. I, I lost every friend I had. They all looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, you wanna believe in Jesus? I'm like, yes. I'm like, you should really try this. Actually, someone told me that. You should try this Jesus. And he was right. And I'm like, so you should try it. And none of them wanted it, and they all ran away. And I found myself in my room, sitting there by myself, which is not a bad place, because you're never alone. And I sat there with God, and I said, okay. I had tears in my eyes, and I said, God, I do not know who I am anymore. I was Javen the funny guy, or Javen, I don't have any tags anymore, I'm just me. And he goes, you're a child of God. Let me tell you, when we sing that, that's cool. But when he says it to you, you remember how he created the world, right? He spoke it into being. When God speaks, he creates. And when he said in me, you're a child of God, it was like, this like growth appeared where it was like, oh, I know who I am. I am a child of God. I'm holy. That's who I am. I'm set apart. The devil tries to tell you otherwise. He tries to get you distracted on so many things. Chasing your legacy will leave you tired. You will be worn out. I don't know what legacy you're thinking about. It's gonna wear you out. Resting in your identity will produce everlasting stories about Jesus. And your legacy becomes his life in you. <laughs> Resting in your identity will produce everlasting stories about Jesus, and your legacy is his life in you. Let me tell you something. Everybody in this room is going to forget me, and that's awesome. But you know who's never going to forget me? My dad, God. He's never going to forget you, ever. He's never going to leave you hanging. He's always going to come find you 
He is that good, and he does it because you need it, not because he's looking for something in return. He's just, he has to do it. He's love. He's going to be that way. All right, let me read you all a couple more verses. I'm going to skip down, actually. Actually, here, I'm going to read this. This morning I woke up, I'm going to close with this, because this morning I woke up and I said, God, I haven't done this in a while. I'm a little intimidated. And I said, would you just show me something this morning? And he did. He always does. I want you to listen to this. And I, I don't know where you're at right now. I feel the Lord in this. Okay. If you were in a place, well, here's the funny thing. You don't know when you're blind. Sometimes we're blind and we don't even see it. We have a blind spot. You've heard of that. So I'm praying for you through this right now. Maybe, just maybe, there's a blind spot that you aren't aware of at all. And God wants to sit with you and go, let me show you. Let me show you something. Hmm. (laughs) Jesus passed by and he saw a man who'd been blind from birth. His disciples said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Do you see how we do things? Yikes. Jesus said, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that this man sinned or his parents. It was that the works of God might be displayed in him. You don't have to be physically blind for that to be true to you. I know it's true about me. He wants the works of God to be displayed in us. We must carry out the works of him who sent me as long as it's day because night is coming and then no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And what are we? We're a city on a hill in a real dark place, aren't we? He did all the work so you could shine and you could shine so bright. I love this. When he had said this, he spits on the ground, like Andrew was saying, rubs mud in his eyes, rubs mud in his eyes. And he goes, go wash in the pool. I'm sure he wanted to. Um, (laughs) So I love that this moment happens. And what happens is this guy gets healed. And what was his legacy? I'll tell you what it was. Being the blind guy. Like that was his legacy. It was like blind since birth. Oh, hey, man. Like every time people walk past him. Oh, hey, man. Still sitting there. Like poor guy. Someone give him a penny or something. You know, it was like, that's his legacy. That was his legacy. So much so that when he goes before these Pharisees and they start grilling him, they're like, who the heck are you to get healed? You know? (laughs) I said, heck, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) And he goes, who are you to be healed? And I love this guy's response. He says this. (laughs) Uh, Where is it? He goes, whether he's a sinner, talking about Jesus, I don't know, guys. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. I was blind, and now I see. We don't need to know everything. There is a mystery that you and I got to get real comfortable with. And that mystery sometimes means looking in the mirror and going, I didn't even remember what you said about me and not what I'm thinking about me. (laughs) Sometimes it means looking at the life that you thought you were going to have. It means letting it die because it's nowhere near as good as what God's got. promise you. It means changing everything and realizing it's not going to be about whatever you do on the earth that leaves some legacy that people remember you by. You're not going to be remembered. But you're a child of God. (laughs) 
and you're holy as he is holy. Lord, I feel like what you want to do right now is just impress that upon somebody this morning. Lord, I pray for the person right now who has believed that what they've done is what defines them. And God, I pray that you would break that in Jesus' name right now. Lord, I pray they would see the love in your eyes. I pray they would see that love that burns so. God, you love us so much. Would y'all just put your hands out like this? We do this in the morning when we pray as a group. You know, kids do this. (laughs) I'll never forget my kids just lifting their hands to me. And all it meant was they wanted me to pick them up. That's all it meant. Pick me up. And you would. You could not. (laughs) And I am not a better dad than he is. So when you lift up your hands to him and you say, Dad, I need you to pick me up. I know I'm yours. I'm holy as you are. (laughs) So Lord, I pray right now that you'd pick up your children. Lord, sometimes we need you to carry us. I'm so thankful for your faithfulness and the ways that you carry us. Lord, it's through so many ways. God, open up our minds. Let us see how big you are. (laughs) We always put you in boxes, even big ones. But you're bigger than the biggest box. Lord, I pray for every hand that's up, God. People that are saying, lift me up. I pray that rivers would rise out of the desert in their life right now. Father, I pray for people that have been waiting for that word to come true. Lord, that thing that they're holding you to and they know that you are good and they know that you are God. God, I pray that you would do something today, that you would do something today in our hearts, that we would see you in a way that we didn't when we came in. You're so faithful. I'm so thankful that you are such an incredible father. Help us to see our identity, Lord. And anytime our legacy creeps in there, I pray that we'll remember who we are instead. Because God, you have the best stories. And I want to be a part of your stories, not mine. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Stay here a second. All right. I love this. I love this, brother. I just, over the last year, being able to walk with him and get to know him a little bit better, and it's, it's been amazing. So I understand what you're doing right now is new and different, and I am so thankful for it. I've actually been waiting for this for a year. I've been so stoked about it. Um, he didn't know that, but I was secretly like hiding this inside of me. But I, I really felt like something was happening when you were doing that. There was not only an impartation that was coming through what you were saying, I felt like God was just like... It was like a heavy weight getting dropped down in you that was like an anchor that was like settling you like you're never going to move off of this. You're never going to move off of this thing right here. You're going to learn to live in that place of identity as a son of God. And out of that is a whole new thing I think God's going to bring out of you. So, um, man, that's good. That was so good, man. Um, I, come on, yeah, blessing, good. That was good. I, I'm so, so thankful for that. Ah, so good, so refreshing. Oh, God, you're good. I feel like um, before we get out of here, we're going to have our prayer teams up here. Um, 
there's I feel like there's still somebody in here who might be wrestling a little bit with that whole identity thing. It's just like it's it's too good to be true kind of thing, or it might feel like that. And listen, you under you know when it's the true gospel of Jesus Christ when somebody presents the message and it sounds too good to be true. That's the gospel. It's not transactional. It's not if I do, he does. He does. And we get to believe. And I feel like there's something for someone here just to even step into it a little bit more. If, if you're struggling with that kind of thing, if you're struggling with this, like, man, I just feel like there's just so much junk going on in my life. And, you know, I just feel like I'm disconnected. Or I feel like, you know, God's hiding or he's staying away from me or something. You know, listen, <laughs> you can't bring anything to the table that's going to make him love you. I feel like I'm going to preach this message again, bro. It was so good. The only thing you're bringing to your salvation is the sin that required it in the first place. And so if you're feeling this thing that has this down, negative kind of stuff, just bring it because that's what he does. He just releases life and releases love over top of it. So just everybody stand up here. I'm going to pray for you one more time. Our prayer teams, go ahead and get get yourselves up here. Father, you are so, so, so good. You're so much better than even I think you are. So, Father, I'm praying right now, in this room, every individual that might be carrying baggage that doesn't belong to them, right now, Holy Spirit, I pray you come in and give them, give them exactly what they need to be able to drop it and say, this isn't mine. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. Yes, 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 God. So good, so good, God. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like people are actually going to get set free of some addiction today. And the shame that surrounds addiction is so ugly. Because shame is different than guilt. Guilt says you did something bad. Shame says you are bad. And shame carries with it an oppression. And I feel like God wants to put some people, take some people out of that oppression and bring them into light and just show them that, you know, when he's present, there is no shame. And it doesn't, it doesn't determine my identity. So, God, we just say yes to it all. Can I get a big amen from you, church? Amen. Can I get another big amen from you? Amen. Amen. So good. All right, they're going to be up here. I pray the Lord bless you guys. Um, just make your way up here if you need anything. These guys are awesome. They'll pray for you. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.